Happy Friday, everybody. Double Friday. It's the long weekend. Thanksgiving is here for another year. The second year of, uh, well, a different kind of Thanksgiving, right? All kinds of begging and pleading from the province to please follow the rules this time around. But regardless, um, it is a time where we stop and give thanks and uh, focus a bit on giving. And we're going to have an interesting conversation here about giving, why it happens, and how it plays into an entrepreneurial context and and, and what it leads to when you approach giving in different ways. This should be very, very interesting. We're going to chat with Rekha Krishnan, who is an associate professor of international business and entrepreneurship at Simon Fraser University. Rekha, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, thanks for inviting me, Shay. Okay, so let's start here. First of all, we're talking about giving, and um, you know, you took a look at this through a unique lens. But when we, when you're talking about giving, you were sort of you're talking about unconditional, right? This this is not giving yes. something to get something in return. This is unconditional, just giving. Yeah, giving without expecting anything in return. So it's kind of there. You have no incentive to help the person, but you just do in spite of that. So that that's you're talking about unilateral giving with no expectation of anything in return. And we see it. I mean, we saw some really good examples yeah. during the pandemic. We know yeah. that people will do it in their personal lives. Yeah, exactly. So there is one, one incident that really uh, caught media attention in India, for instance, is someone giving up their life without expectation for, to, for a stranger. Like, say, uh, there, were, there was a time where the Delta variant was uh, in rage in India, and there's an 85-year-old uh, who it's difficult to get a hospital bed. And mm-hmm. he, he got a hospital bed, and this, he heard kids crying. It's a middle-aged man who wanted the hospital bed, and he, he gave up. He abandoned his bed, and he said he lived his life. He wanted the young man to live his life with his family. So that is uh, sacrificing your own life for a stranger. without expe- What did he expect? Nothing in return, right? So these are amazing examples that you've seen through the pandemic. And and this is a question, unconditional giving, that we've always struggled to come up with an answer to, because realistically, in a real-world context, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, because you do tend to have free riders. We look at the environment. Sure. We have collective action problem. There are people who give, and a lot of people who have temptation to free ride, and they take. So you end up in a system where there are more takers than givers, and the system collapses. So... When it happens, the question is, why does it happen? And why are some communities, uh, there are, you, you just see some communities that might be thriving and entrepreneurs helping each other during, during the pandemic. There are news uh, of that. They're pulling together resources and helping one another. And this has happened also during, uh, you know, the Saxanian uh, in, in her work on why Silicon Valley is successful talks about uh, you know, engineers competing with each other, but also having each other's back and helping each other out when they are in need. So this kind of behavior is kind of puzzling. And we know there have been all kinds of different startup organizations set up all over the world. And and that's sort of the focus, right, is tapping into the experience and the expertise of other people. And they are expected as part of these startup organizations to give without expecting anything in return um, to help others succeed. Exactly. So if you look at startup accelerators, which are like emerging, it's a very important phenomenon in the startup ecosystem worldwide. You have uh, startup accelerators starting every, uh, every year, many of them. And one of the specific features of startup accelerators are they, through a competitive process, they select a group of entrepreneurs who start simultaneously and they 
stay together for a finite period and it ends with a demo day where they pitch their uh, idea to investors and they do get a lot of help during the process. They get to observe other entrepreneurs. And one of the things that accelerators tell uh, entrepreneurs is give first, you know, and then they are they also compete for resources. So there's mm. just this kind of a mixed motive setting where people are expected to give and yet they compete for resources for investor time, the mentorship for clients. They're competing for a, a lot of things and they're together. They observe each other's behavior. They observe when uh, how one company succeeds and the other fails. So they are learning a lot from each other, so they can also be predatory learning. So can be worrying about, you know, you can be worried about your IP rights, sure. intellectual property, all of that. You know, early stage startups can be insecure. And so that was the context where you see increasing the, the, the tension between competition and cooperation is intense in a situation like that. So we wanted to see whether how giving kind of shapes up in a place like this. Do people really give without expectations in, in such a mixed motive context? And by and large, do they, or is it something that's hard for them? They do, but there are conditions. Okay. So if even in an extremely competitive scenario, people give, there's one, everyone, there's one single act of giving creates a chain reaction of meaning if I give, if I get something from someone, when someone helps me without any expectations and it satisfies a need, chances are I'll pay it forward. So mm-hmm. every time you give without expecting, you are actually encouraging that person to pay it forward. So it doesn't go wasted. So people, there's a virtuous cycle of gratitude and giving. When people get, they feel gratitude. That is when I really need something. I get help from someone uh, who did it without any expectations. Chances are I will do the same for another person in need. But the question is, where, of where does all these early giving, the first acts of giving, where does it come from? So it comes from these, it originates in bonding rituals. You know, okay. We all get together with friends. Uh, we get to know them. There's, there's these bonding rituals, like say, you get together for a party or uh, have a beer with a, with a group of friends or go on a hiking trip. These are places where we identify common challenges. It kind of reveals that we are all in a, the same boat, we are in this together. So that kind of feeling and it creates some kind of emotional energy and camaraderie among people. And that is what kind of uh, helps people give to others without expectations. The first acts of giving always happen after a bonding ritual. Now, I, the question I have, okay, so we, yes. we get these communities, be it entrepreneurs or friends or whatever the case may be, and we get into this cycle mm-hmm. of paying it forward and giving. What if somebody doesn't get in on that and somebody says no? What happens to them? So when you you are in need, the the first thing is you are in need. It's not like someone gives you a gift. That's a different thing. So you probably don't need that gift, right? Yeah. But then there there might be you're really looking for a, a job or something like that and someone really helps you when they didn't have to. That's important. So when I'm in need, I approach a person and they don't give me that that's shaming. People were shamed. Okay. Because that that looks like a shaming ritual. So then, the cha- it, it kind of creates a very negative spiral. So I, I'm shamed. I would not. I would avoid the person who shamed me, and I'm also going to avoid everyone else to kind of get away from that situation. And because I didn't get something when I'm I was in need, I, I kind of had to do it myself. Chances are, I'm not going to help another person in need as well. 
So it creates a very negative reaction to the extent that you will have breakdown of community or dissolution of ties. That would be observed. People, it, it was there was some kind of a network there, and then the network completely dissolved into into it was like sparsely connected network again. People it was just encounters, meaningless encounters, yeah. rather than affective ties. Just by one person saying no. Yeah, early acts. You can have many of those, right? So where does this originate? Again, in our in our study, it was tournament rituals. So right. when you are when you attend a ritual where you are show it's a show of strength, right? Even a casual get together can turn into a show of strength where people start bragging about their like you know I, I, I bought a house here or whatever. So even in, in, in the world of entrepreneurs, it's a bit different, right? So uh, they are compared in these accelerators against one another. They see who made uh, progress and they're ranked. So these kind of things are constantly competing and you're rated on your show of strength, you know. So if that's what the case is, then that creates a lot of tension and a common emotion of tension in the environment and apathy at some point. And when they come out of those rituals, I am very, I have a very instrumental mindset and strategic I'm saying, what is this going to give me? So we all, you know, in, in, the, in Silicon Valley and all these, when you look at entrepreneurial ecosystems, we all talk about strategic networking. Strategic networking yeah, is given yeah. a lot of importance. Networking events, you just see targeted networking. But the problem is when you do that with, uh, with peers, you're like, everyone wants to take something from the other person. So when you go ask someone, the other person's thinking, oh, what's in it for me? the chances are they're not going to help you, right? So when you create, so even in companies, in organizations, there are employees who are supposed to collaborate with each other in teams, and yet when there is this performance review at the end of the year and you're pitted against one another, you know, so there, even there, when you actually focus on celebrating individual wins, that is not going to give rise to a giving culture. So where people will not give after those kind of rituals, get their mindset will be very different. So the old saying, give, give freely, and you shall receive, really does hold up, according to what you've, yes. you've observed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. I'm very more confident than this. Than, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure of that. I'm very confident that if you give your act of giving, that is giving to a person in need, yes. right? That's important. So that creates a chain reaction. It really helps. Reka, fascinating, fascinating work. Thank you so much for uh, sharing it with us. I really appreciate it. Thanks for inviting me, Shay. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. That is Reka Krishnan, who is an associate professor of international business and entrepreneurship at Simon Fraser University. So there you go. This weekend we give thanks and maybe give.